0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe.
1: Welcome to Believe in 76ers with your hosts, former 76ers point guard Eric Snow and two Sixers fanatics in Marcus and Tasia Dash believe in 76ers is presented by betonline.ag
2: betonline is the fastest and easiest way to wager on all your favorite sports contests and events with first to market odds and lines find reviews and news for every league including major league baseball nfl nba nhl combat sports esports and even golf online continues to be the top online resource for all your sports information from live in-game betting, props, and futures. Head to BetOnline today or use your mobile device to join today and make your first sports bet. Use our promo code BELIEVE50, that's B-L-E-A-V-5-0, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, where the game starts. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Believe in 76ers Podcast. I'm Marcus Dash here with legendary 76ers point guard Eric Snow and my brother, Taylor Dash. Gentlemen, first uh, first episode of the new year. Uh, how was that? I hope everyone's uh, New Year's was, was all right. Everyone have a good time. Happy
0: well, New Year was good. good. Didn't do anything but watch fireworks and
2: stay
1: home. Eric, did you have a weird story with the ball dropping or watching that kick in the end? <laughs> <laughs> like
0: it was... It was pretty interesting that that happened, you know, during, you know, like right at that last place. So that was pretty crazy. My sister, I didn't realize it. it, you know, cause, I, cause I'm on the West coast. So I didn't realize, you know, the time. Oh, that's
1: true. That's right. Okay. So, that, so yeah. Hey man, people, of the West coast right there.
0: Starts, so people start saying that I was like, Oh, that's pretty weird. And I kind of see the side by side. So that was kind
1: of interesting. Yeah. My, my sister-in-law who was hosting our new year's thing was, uh, Turn the freaking game off and put the ball dropping.
0: <laughs>
1: so what happened was we 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 changed everything. Is apps now. So uh, his daughter tried changing the channel, ended up putting on like Hulu for a second, and we missed both. We didn't get the ball drop, and we didn't see the. <laughs> kick. Someone had to pull up on their phone as it was going through the uprights, which was just nuts. So.
2: Oh, you guys actually didn't. You guys missed the kick. We didn't see anything. We didn't see either one. In the end.
1: Oh wow. Well, I mean, we kind of did. Someone pulled it up on his phone while he was shuffling through hulu trying to get back to the home screen and we saw it on the phone i was like oh cool great yeah, yeah. happy happy georgia, <laughs> happy georgia
2: yeah. <laughs> yeah the bar we were at didn't have that didn't have the game on just had like uh you know have they have the ball dropping the, the countdown stuff i pulled out my espn app to thank thank god for these apps well the espn app and I, I was able to watch it on uh, on silence <laughs> <sighs> um but uh, before we get into the Sixers stuff I, I want to uh I, I want to say on behalf of our crew here uh we're sending our thoughts and prayers to uh Demar Hamlin and his family uh the Bills safety who uh collapsed during the uh, the Monday night game last night um we hope everything we're going to send our positive vibes uh to uh the Bills Mafia and uh, the Hamlin family so absolutely definitely thank you uh, All right guys so uh, uh lots to get into with a Sixers talk. We didn't have a show Friday. There's a, there's lots to get into. Maxi has returned finally. Um, and that's, where we're going to start tonight with our, uh, first topic. Uh, so Maxi is back. Um, uh, and we, he came back as we split with the Pelicans, um, and beat the thunder. Maxie didn't play in that game against the thunder, but, um, since Maxi has returned, uh, he's taken on the bench role, which is kind of something we, we talked about uh, a couple of weeks ago when Maxi did come back, um, and Melton has stuck with the starters. Um, I know it's limited minutes with Maxi so far, and it's only I, trying to get him get him in back, get his bearings back. But what do we think about Maxi's play so far, and this whole Maxi coming off the bench as we kind of get him reacclimated into playing again?
0: Um, to me, it looks like he had a oh a significant injury. <laughs> I mean, you said you see the difference from where he was before the injury and where he is now. Um, so he's trying to work himself back into. Um, game shape, and in position to, to feel and play the way he was pre-injury. So that that's going to take time. And I think this is just the way that they do it as far as limiting his minutes and limiting his play until he's kind of full goal, per se. Um, so I think he's he's looked good for the amount of time that he's missed, and, and I just think it's going to take some time to get to the point where he was this season, like I said, pre injured
1: Yeah, we, we definitely talked about um, for weeks and weeks, we talked about what a good idea it would be to get him slowly acclimated using him on the bench, and which would actually be perfect for us because our bench scoring is on the weaker side. Um, and Melton fits so well with what the starters do with his skill set. Um, I even saw they rolled out a three-guard lineup for a while yesterday, which worked really well. It was the Maxi Harden, and uh, Melton with Tobias and, and Embiid, which – uh was great because you don't sacrifice any of the defense that so you lose with from Tucker to Melton but you also get the offensive game with Melton which is which is great so they, they may find a new five success there for uh for the future especially so, who
0: you're, depends on who you're playing a little bit too you're playing New Orleans you can do that
1: can yeah that's true bit. that's true well New Orleans without Ingram yeah maybe that's so what I'm saying. Without- They get even longer and bigger with him um I thought he looked pretty good though I, I mean I a little tentative, not totally himself, but that's to be expected with the kind of injury he had. And, you know, when uh, Marcus and I were talking a couple of weeks ago about, you know, oh, let's get him back in. I was like, no, nah. with that kind of injury, I was like, the way he plays, give him more time because he plays so hard. Like he, he the, the the, the way he runs and he's just like sprinting full speed and hard stops. And and it, it's almost like, um, not to say it is like him, but all oh, like, Derek Rosish, how hard he drives to the rim and how fast he changes. Um, Not the explosiveness, but the way he drives. So I was like, just give him time because I, I do not want him to re-injure himself. And that, that that injury is scary. And actually he did. Um, I read an article that he said how he was thinking about it in the uh, Pelicans. The first half of the Pelicans game, he was thinking about his foot a lot as he was driving. And it was on his mind a lot. And then slowly throughout the game in the second half, He kind of just put it in the back of his mind, and just he's like, "I have to play fearless. I had to play fearless. That's my that's my style. So I gotta just do it." Um, And I think Harden even gave him some uh, words of wisdom: "Was just like, take up a possession by possession. Um, Your foot will come back to normal, but like just take it easy on yourself and just keep playing your game, moment by moment, possession by possession." Um, I was gonna ask you, Eric, because you know you're no stranger to lower body injuries. Does that sound about right? I mean, were you? Did it kind of consume your brain a little bit in the beginning of the game, take you a game or two or as you just play you forgot about it, you got sucked into the game or
0: Well, I mean, I always felt like when when I played from an injury, with the injury or coming back from injury that your focus is kind of better because you kind of focus on putting yourself in position to kind of do what you need to do. Um, You don't take a lot of chances, so you're you're a little more conservative as far as your play, Um, and that's why I say it takes a little more time for him to get to that point where he was before because – and it's also – and that's just from him mentally and physically being able to do it, and it's also from the standpoint of the team. You don't want to kind of do too much. You want to kind of work your way back into it. So that all takes time um, in order to get – Back to that point. And that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it really didn't matter right now. It really does not matter if he's getting a certain amount of minutes, whether it's coming off the bench or starting. Like, those minutes are the same as far as how he feels physically. Now, from a team and impact standpoint, some guys bring you off the bench um, when you're coming back from an injury because it's, quote, unquote, supposed to be easier because you plan more minutes against reserves. Um, so that's why you'll see more teams, even like Golden State did it with Steph Curry. Mm-hmm. And Clay. Um, yeah, like, you kind of like give them a chance to kind of break themselves, you know, back in to things, not playing against, you know, <laughs> CJ McCullough, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. But it's funny because uh,
1: you're also taking on, when you're playing with other bench players, if you're max you're actually taking on more offensive responsibilities though Well, it
0: depends on when you sub in i mean being player doesn't mean that he's playing he, he's playing with james or um joel so one of those two are still being in the game he's still playing with tobias so it's, there's different ways that you can kind of not put as much on him mm-hmm. um, when he's in the game i just think from a standpoint of starting and you can kind of fill him in and mentally too remember, it, yeah so when i good. i remember when i when, they, when I went out the lineup, when we went to the finals, when I, my ankle was broken, it was the thinking there was not starting me so I could finish games. Mm. That that was the importance of me being on a rotation to where I could come in later in the first quarter and finish the half and then get a break and then go back in and then be more inclined to finish and play more of my minutes in the fourth quarter than the first quarter. Not be overplayed. Yes. Yeah, that makes sense. Because it was times where I didn't, you know, I didn't start, but then I would play the whole fourth quarter. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? So it's that was kind of like Coach Brown kind of brought that to me. I I wasn't a fan of it. I'm like, what difference does it make, you know? I'm playing the same amount of minutes, but, you know, why change it? But that was the reason why. That was their reasoning line. And it made sense later on. You were like, oh, I get it now. Or are you Not still... <laughs> it didn't necessarily make sense for me. I'm just telling you the reasoning. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, I didn't really look at it like, hey, this is what I need to do. I mean, it was at the time when it really happened, I think we were playing. So I was... I had surgery in December, so I had... I was having like, trouble with my ankle, like, the whole season and then the playoffs. But I officially rebroke it, actually, against Milwaukee. Mm-hmm. But it started to affect me before then. So it, it was to the point where, like, I was – it almost felt like it was broken before then. So I had, like, Achilles tendonitis. It was, like, really, really but That felt, like, worse than the break. Oh, man. Um, so – when they did it, it was like, I think we we did it, and they were like, well, then you also, because we were playing Toronto, and they were like, well, you also don't have to guard Vince as much. Right. <laughs> <laughs> so they sold that, too. Like, hey, you don't have to guard Vince as much. Because you probably have to guard them late in the game, so now you have to start on mm. Which is, you know, let Aaron, and I'm like. That's mm-hmm. a nice sales tactic for you. I mean, we were already without George Lent, so it was, I yeah, you know, basically playing without two starters, but it worked out. I mean, Aaron was playing so well, it worked out. So, yeah. but yeah, it's it's tough, man. But every like the one thing I learned about injuries, and I want y'all to kind of understand this um, from a standpoint that everybody's body's different, how you respond to it. How you treat it, how you play from it, how you act. like it's There's no way that I – the one thing I've learned is no way to say, okay, well, this happened to him. Yeah. This is what he's supposed to do. Yeah. Just it is what it is. We'll see how it, how it plays out. There's no uniform way at all. Yeah, you can, you can just see on our team uh,
1: how guys react differently. Joel tends to get very distracted with his injuries. They don't affect him a lot, but he gets distracted with them a lot. But right. – totally Just in how,
0: you heal, how you heal, how you heal, how you can perform with them. It's all different. There's no, no way that you can kind of put everybody. Even being sick, some guys, yeah, it's just you know you know. couldn't tell a difference. Other guys just can't play.
1: Some they guys actually. can't
0: play with it. Some guys can. Like it, it depends. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. There was a uh, footage of of Joel talking to Curry uh, when we played Golden State and. I don't know if it was legit or not, but they were saying he said to him, I- I've been playing with your injury. <laughs> but I don't know if that's legit or not, but they said he said that to him after the game. <laughs> Shoulder problem. So it's just funny yeah. to hear you. Yeah.
2: Um, well, I mean, it, you know, one thing what Taysha and I were talking about the other day um, was regardless of, you know, if if Melton, you know, stays in the starting lineup or comes off the bench, it, it, that acquisition of getting Melton was so big. this offseason, Not in the way he's played since Max has been out, but the fact that we can slowly get Maxie back into the offense just because how Melton's I mean he's been so good for us and crazy. I still I still wonder why the Grizzlies gave him up for what, yeah, what I mean. Did. I
0: think with, with with Melton, it's a lot of he is you easily put him put him in there because he can do all the stuff defensively and offensively. He can make shots, and make plays, but he's not needed to be a playmaker, which means yeah. he's. Um, more of a spot-up shooter, three and D, really. And that's what, you know, is working because he's defending playing well, but he's also shooting the ball well from three. Yes, he is. And that's been a big, big deal.
1: Yeah. Huge. Yeah, it was crazy. That was – that's one of the best – I don't know which trade was better, to be honest, looking in retrospect, the uh, Curry deal or the Melton deal at this point because – um, looking back on both of those, they are both so good. And the, both players, I think exceeded what I was expecting from them.
2: Oh, you're talking about the, the original Seth Curry trade.
1: Yeah. 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 Okay. Like, it's like, man, I just don't even, It's they're both so good. Um, Melton's been, to, if he was a free agent this year, dude, he would be getting paid. <laughs> I mean, he'll probably get paid after his next contract anyway, but like, if he was an upcoming free agent, my goodness, dude, some team would throw like a lot of money at him at this point. Yeah it's so, two,
2: two, we have them for 2 years correct
1: I think we have them for two more years yeah
2: we'll, we'll enjoy those two years
1: <laughs> yeah we yes we will
2: we will enjoy that <laughs> um so, so the next topic uh, this is something that's been posted around on twitter and you know a lot of people like to say you know it's it's more mi- mixing up of the the uh hardened and mb and people's trying to you know cause a little friction possibly with stats like these being shared but these are numbers and numbers you know that they don't tell the whole story sometimes, but they tell a lot of the story. Um, so Harden, the, the it splits of Harden with Embiid and without Embiid per uh, 36. I'm not going to read all the stats, but Harden with Embiid, his assists are up and his, his uh, points are down um, and his shooting percentage uh, from three and his overall field goal percentage is down comparatively to with uh, Embiid off the court. So with Embiid off the court, uh, Harden's points are up, his assists are down um, and his three-point percentage and field goal percentage are up. So I want to ask you guys, what do you make of these splits? Um, Obviously, like I said, points per game would be lower and assists would be higher with Embiid on the floor. But wouldn't you expect his percentages to be higher with Embiid on the floor as well? Because that was kind of the big takeaway for me from looking at these numbers. What do you guys think?
0: Which percentages in particular are you talking about when you say they should be higher?
2: His three-point percentage uh, with Embiid off is 42%. Um, and his overall field goal percentage is forty-seven percent. With Embiid on the court, his field goal percentage drops to forty percent, seven percent lower, and ten uh, percent lower on three-point percentage.
1: And his true shooting goes up to seven percent with yes. him off the floor. My opinion
0: on it is, he's in control of when he when Joel was out. He's more in control of when he gets his shots. It's not as many surprise shots or, like you know, shot shots where he's kind of shots where he's not really sure when he's gonna get them Mm. um, because he's not the number one option. But I think when Joe is out, he's more of a number one option. He's more of dictating when he can get a shot um, and dictating what kind of shot he's getting. So that that's that's all I would put on that. You know, as far as percentages from from that standpoint, it wouldn't surprise me hearing the numbers that you say. So when MB's on the floor, he's taking good
1: basketball shots. But when MB's off the floor, he's taking he, good game he's, shots. He's,
0: he's taking not, not not necessarily like that. It's like when Joe Joel's in there, he's taking good shots. But if you're coming down and you're working Joel, based on how the defense is playing him, you don't really know when that shot is coming. Yeah. Versus when he has the ball, like he's had a lot, he has the ball in his hands. He can see a pick and roll. Oh, I got this shot. I got this floater. I got this kick. Oh, I got this driving. Like you, you're more in control of the shots you're getting. Right, James sets up a lot of his shots. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Now, so, but you, and it's harder to do that um, without Joel. And that's what guys are being like, dictated yes. by someone else, and in particular, to him. And that's where guys like him, who dominate the ball. I can see their numbers going down because it's a different, it's different. Yeah. Not, not worse. It's just different.
1: Makes a lot of sense. Um, yeah. I mean, for Harden to put up the stats uh, without his normal usage, I think is just amazing in itself. Uh, just to take away from a total, because he's 47th in usage uh, percentage, whereas Embiid's predictably third. Yeah. Um, so, I, I personally, I think it would be better for James to be a little more aggressive when Embiid's on the floor um, looking for those shots, right? I think uh, Tucker made a joke recently. Um, they made a joke about calling the play, and he was like – "Was someone asked, was, was that play for Embiid? And Tucker was like, they're all for Embiid.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so,
1: um, it's I, I think it would be a little more person, a little bit balanced if he was a little more aggressive. Um, it's, it surprised me he was 47th in usage percentage. I was like, wow. Uh, I think it's a little more aggressive when Embiid's on the floor. It wouldn't wouldn't hurt. Um, but they're you know, they're gelling more every day. So um uh, but yeah, your explanation makes a lot of sense, Erica. I, I I agree. It's it's James likes setting up his own shot. He it's more comfortable. Because I mean, I've seen certain times where James gets the ball and I'm like, Oh, you're wide open. He doesn't take it. Waits for the defender to get back to him, does the little dribble and sidestep and then takes that shot. I'm like, that's a that's a worse shot, but that's a worse shot. Basketball wise, right? Because you were open before, but he just wasn't ready to take that. That's not, that's that wasn't his shot. just not ready.
0: a lot of times he wasn't. Yep. That's what I'm saying. Like I've said it since last season, his catch and shoots with Joel has to pick up. And I still yep. believe that. I still believe he has yeah. to shoot catch and catch and I think it's improved a little bit. I've he looks yes, a little more. Has, since last season. He mm-hmm.
1: just looks a little more willing to do it, period. Going in and out, it's different, but he, he shoot,
0: he's shooting more and he's shooting more mid range. And I think last yeah. year, he, we, we, he wasn't really doing either. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, it is good for me because it takes some That's of that. That's what happens when you, your attempts drop. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, But, I mean, if his efficiency goes up even a little bit with Joe on the floor, I mean, sky's the limit. Our starting five is already playing awesome together as it is anyway. So, if that goes up, then, shush, boy, our offense is getting even better.
0: Let me see that.
2: Yeah. And, and you can see, I mean, the way they play with each other, I mean, over that, that seven game win streak that we had, I mean, they were playing so well with each other and it, it, it looks, there's, there's more of a huge comfort level there comparatively yeah. to, to we, we start off the season. Um, It looked, yeah. it looked more like that run that we had last year, like, you know, towards that, uh, towards the end of the season where, you know, mm-hmm. it, it looked like more like that. And so hopefully that continues. Yeah. Um. All right. So we kind of talked about the batch here a little bit. Um. So this is something that's been uh, doc's, yeah. Doc comes out on the microscope a lot with the uh, Sixers fans uh, and he's always calling them out. Um, so Dockers, <laughs> uh, his, his all bench lineup has been a topic of conversation on Twitter and just uh, anywhere you look about Sixers talk. Um, and he said that he likes the all bench lineup and he's not going to overreact to a couple of bad games. Um, so guys, uh, are you guys a fan of the, uh, the all bench lineups? And what, what do you think of uh, Doc's um, explanation on that?
0: I mean, I think it's tough. I mean, I think it's I think it's right now it's all about wins. I think that you can like it and you can stick with it, but if it's not being productive, something will have to change. That's where I'm at with it. I think it's a, a wait and see each game. I don't think it's something he should be stuck with. It's just like putting the guy into the rotation and it's working, and then when it's not working, he's not in the rotation. That's how. That's kind of how I see it.
1: Yeah, well, it's funny too because he said that before game, and then yesterday he really didn't go to the all bench lineup. So it's like you know he's going to stick with it, but then he didn't stick with it last night. So how's it going? Yeah, he just chose he chose to go with game flow and whatever was working best for him. Which I think that's what you were saying. You should just do that. I I don't think it's necessary, especially I could see him more when we were missing like two guys, right? When Harden and Maxi were, in, we kind of had no choice, right? But I mean, yeah, Maxi back. You have Maxi Harris, Joel James. You really shouldn't have to go to an all bench lineup anymore. If you do that, I don't think you're doing a great job of staggering your lineups. If you go to an all bench lineup with all all four of those guys on the bench, I I don't think that should be necessary at all. But um, I think Doc has a level of stubbornness to it, and he, you know, just like anyone else, likes being right. Um, But hey, he seemed to go away from it last night. So um, yeah, I also think. I've said this before. I want Tucker in general to see less minutes. I want him to be fresh in the playoffs. I don't want to be, he shouldn't be playing <laughs> mid 30s, low, even low 30s sometimes. I, I think I'd like to see him get a little more rest, Tucker. And that's why I like the Melton being inserted in there instead. So, um, in those three guard lineups, yeah. get him a little more
2: rest. Yeah. Not going to win championships in uh, December and January. That's where yeah. uh, that's, that's uh, June and Makeman. Um, yourself in possession
0: to win.
2: True, that's true. (laughs) (laughs) Um, okay, so big topic every year, at least in the last two years, um, is the MVP race, and we talked about with with our guy Embiid. Um, so the last few weeks, different lists have come out. Bleacher Report had their top ten MVP guys, um, a few others, and you know, Embiid was like seventh on the Bleacher Report one, like last like two weeks ago. But then yesterday, or uh, recently, the uh, Kia's uh, MVP ladder um, top five came out, um, and, and Embiid's not on that. It's uh, Jokic, Tatum, Doncic, Durant, and Giannis are the top five. Um, and and Embiid's not on there, so I, I, I want to I get your guys' opinion as to why you think he's not on this top five ladder list. And obviously, it's January. There's a lot of time left. What are your thoughts on the list, and why do you think Joel's not on the top five right now?
0: I mean, if I had to guess, I would say slower start to the season and miss games. And I think a lot of these people that are voting are still kind of fresh on all of that. Like, I don't think they're looking at just right now, right now. Um, I I think they're big on that. Um, So if you ask me if he keeps playing the way he's playing now, and you ask me in February, all-star break, and it's still like that, I'm like, okay, this is something's fishy. Um, but I I do think, and I have to be honest, I do think that this particular year, the way it's going, could be the closest and deepest MVP race we've had in a while. Yeah, I agree. What I mean by that is Number five or six could probably be the closest to number one that we've seen in a while.
1: Yeah, it's going to be very evened out, spread out.
0: Um, I don't think this will be a two-man race like last year, three-man race. I I, I do honestly think – and that's where you never know. You never know when it's so many guys. Because pre-injury, Steph Curry would have been in this conversation. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: It's true. If you look at the standings, too, you got Jokic, Denver's number one team in the West. Boston's the number one team in the East. That's Tatum. Uh, Durant, number two team in the East. Giannis yes. number three team in the East. Yes. And then Luka, who I think if you're going to have an argument over whether MB should be in there, it would be Luka. They're playing hot, but they're still the number That's four. That's
0: what I'm team. saying. I think, I think Luka, the way he's played recently, even though Joel has played just as good, he's getting so much more attention for his play. Yes. So, and I think he came in, and I think from his attention to his play recent, but I think he hasn't really missed no extended amount of time either. hmm So, I mean... I think for Joel, he's going to have to continue to play the way he's playing, which we all know he's capable of doing, and play. Yeah.
1: I would even put... If you're gonna do a six and seven, I obviously I put Joel at six, I would even get Zion up there with the way he's held New Orleans up without but
0: Zion has the same issue, Miss yeah, games. You I know, know what I'm saying?
1: I know, but they're they're what number two in the West or three in the West now because they lost uh two in a row. Uh three in the west, and he's done it without a lot of their guys. He's held he's actually ironically enough, he's held down the four while other guys are injured this year
0: for you know, New Orleans. It's, it's you know, you you look at I think a guy like Morant. By the end of the year, Memphis stays up top. He'll yes. he'll jump in the conversation. Yep. Um, but I think with the names that's on that list. And, and, and how Joel, close all the teams are in standings. Add Joel to that. Um, I believe that it's January now. I don't see the top of that list as far as teams in the standings. I don't don't see it changing very much. I think the seeds may change. Mm -hmm. I think you're pretty much set on your top five to six teams for the most part, Um, which means that if their teams are still up there, those guys on that list are still going to be up there unless they miss a significant amount of time. So I'm assuming everybody's playing and if everyone's playing, then you add Joel to that list, maybe Steph Curry, if it depends on how he finishes and when he comes back. And you can go off that list. That that that'll be the list. How it's gonna finish, I don't know. But if the way Brooklyn is playing, the Brooklyn messed around and had a top seed. Yep.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, it's interesting. You got four and a half games separating the nine to one seeds in the West. That's crazy.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's I mean, what's saying. That. We don't even know how that's gonna how that's gonna play out. Oh man, it's crazy. I think that'll dictate a lot. You know, Definitely. if Lucas and Lucas is doing a great job and he's in there, but are they going to take Luca if they're a nine seed or eight seed? Yeah. Cause as well as they're playing.
1: Yeah. Like we don't know. It's a game and a half out of being at the playing game. That's what I'm saying. That's <laughs> crazy. So it, literally the MVP race could be decided in the last week of the
0: season. I believe that how teams finish and how guys finish. I, I believe it's not even the MVP race. is just like just heating up. I don't even yeah. think it's close to even being, um, having a clue of how this thing's going
1: to play out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's three and a half games separating five to one in the East. Yeah. So yeah. that's a – man, that's going to be quite a race. You look at all the teams, too. They're all – I mean, generally from seven up, most teams in the last ten, I mean, except for Milwaukee, have won like seven out of ten, eight out of ten. It's crazy. So the East is definitely separating itself right now and showing its, its division right there in tiers. But, yeah. yeah. Crazy, man.
2: And that Bleacher Report list that I referenced the one the, two weeks ago, it was they had everybody ranked, and initially I didn't see Embiid on that list, but it had Lucas slash Embiid for like the number six, but, or number seven. Yeah. So what? It doesn't make any sense. We're tied yeah. for six or seven. I don't get it. Um, but we all know there's going to be conspiracy theorists up the wazoo. I do, if not, I do not believe
0: um, that Denver will run away with it. So mm-hmm. I do not believe that they'll vote Jokic in three straight. I do not believe that they'll do that. Yeah, I think it could because it's sort of like the Giannis thing where it's like people forget the year that Giannis had after he had won two and were MVP worthy, too. I just yeah. think that now their standards are even higher. Mm-hmm. and That's what you know, they get hurt by that. Like LeBron James, you know, what I'm saying all the great years he's had and didn't even get considered, yeah, um, because you kind of plan against yourself, yeah. I mean, look, man. You can make it's tough. It sucks too because you can make
1: cases for certain guys. I mean, not to say he deserves it, but I'd, I'd say top ten Sabonis deserves it. The Kings are top six. Who the hell? Who the hell saw that coming? And he's averaging 19, 12, and seven. I and mean, that's crazy. I mean, and he's arguably not even the number one option on their team. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's crazy. I mean, he just his stats are ridiculous, man. And and they're playing great. Good for them. Uh,
2: I'm I'm actually happy for Sacramento. Yeah. Second is one of those teams, you know, they're, they're a team that you can't, you, you can't, you can't hate on, you know, that's the team you can root for. <laughs> yeah.
1: Because you actually expect them to win in the end. Is that why? Yeah. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> <laughs> you know, at some point they're going to turn, you know, back into a pumpkin again.
2: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, Okay, so uh, final topic. Uh, tomorrow night, we play against the Indiana Pacers. Speaking uh, of
1: pumpkins, speaking of turning back into a pumpkin soon.
2: Exactly, yeah. Uh, They'll the, hit reality soon. Um, we are a seven and a half point favorite at home against uh, Indiana, uh, which is kind of wild, actually. Um lot. Indiana's won six out of their last seven with wins against the Raptors and the Clippers, um, and we were so. stage within we're a seven-and-a-half half point favorite against a team that's you know a, r- r- railing off all these all these victories. Um, so, what do you guys have on this one? And do you think the Sixers will cover the seven and a half point spread?
0: Yes, I do. I think we'll get it done. They beat the Raptors, I'm Celtics. The team, I'm horrible at picking these games and not wins. Spreads, yeah. you guys. Help me out. I'm horrible.
1: That's so, a that's a hot team, though, man. I mean, they lost one game in the last seven, and the Raptors, Clippers, Cavs, Celtics, Heat, Hawks. Those
0: would, are, it, would, it, would, would it surprise you if they teams. rolled off five straight losses, though? No. Oh. <laughs> they can turn back into a pumpkin. <laughs> that's what I'm
1: saying. Like the, the, Them and the Kings, dude, they're dude. the Eastern Conference Kings. Yeah. I, it's uh, funny because they, they made that trade together
0: last I see, year. I sold them to the Pacers, even though I know how good of a coach Rick Carlisle is. Um, and I think a lot of people forget that. Um, if they if Rick is able to control the tempo, it's going to be tough. Turner's he got, will, Turner's got he to stay at a foul will, trouble. He will, he will squeeze those possessions um, and shrink that game, and, and you can't get separation. But I'm gonna go ahead and say we cover. But
1: slowing down a game against us is that even a is that even a good option? I mean, the, the way to beat us is to make us run and try to beat us in the transition. Well, I mean, you
0: can slow down the game and um, squeeze possessions, but still run it. Mm. It's opportunistic runs. If you get breaks or if you get steals, you push it. So you can still run and push and not shoot fast. It's a difference, you know what I'm saying? Just because you run fast, I mean, you got to shoot fast.
1: That's true. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, they're, they're going to need Turner to stay out of foul trouble. If he gets into foul trouble and you have the backup five against Embiid, I mean, it's, it's barbecue chicken, as Shaq would say. Um, <laughs> I uh, That's a big – I did not know that spread. I'm glad you told me that. With that spread, I do think we're going to cover that spread because that's a very big spread against a team who's – extremely hot playing beating good teams at home and away. So um yeah, I think we I think we cover that.
2: Second second meeting of the season. Um I don't know if you remember our first win of the season came against Indiana this year. Um so we were 0-3 at that point we won that game 120 to 106 a 14 point win at home. Um so possibly get another uh, at home win against them. Yeah, Sounds good to me. Yeah, hopefully. We'll knock knock on wood. <laughs> um, but all right, guys. Well that's it for us. Thanks for tuning in to Believe in 76, which was presented by Bet Online. We'll see you guys Friday as we hopefully are talking about a uh rolling off a win against this hot Indiana team. <laughs> yep. All right, thank you, right, man.
0: Guys. Take it easy. There right, guys